The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Honolulu Blue Friday on the Huge Show across Michigan, presented by Coppercraft Distillery. Honolulu Blue is crafted in tribute to our home pro football team. The Honolulu Blue Premium Vodka Can Cocktail is full of pride and bursting with huge flavor of blue raspberry lemonade. This special limited edition can cocktail is perfect for tailgates and touchdowns this weekend. Look for it at your local pub, restaurant, or store. It is a Honolulu Blue Friday on the Huge Show Across Michigan, presented by Coppercraft Distillery. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is our number two on a Honolulu Blue Football Friday. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer inside this hour. Uh, Lomas Brown uh, on the Lions win last Monday. Uh, His emotional state of mind when the Lions honored him on Monday Night Football. Look ahead to the Chargers after the bye week. Josh Garvey also uh, will join us. Uh, Anthony Broom later in this show on the latest connected uh, to the Michigan story. Chris Ballas and the Wolverine.com team just broke some news that Michigan and media sources are working together right now on a connection to the Day family, to Ryan Day orchestrating the investigation of Michigan and all the leaks to the media coming from uh, the Day family and Ryan Day. So uh, welcome to the greatest soap opera uh, ever. Uh, We'll get to that story. Doug Karsh, voice of Michigan football, also will join us within the hour. Right now, uh, as promised, I wanted to talk about uh, the high school football playoffs, MHSAA.com. You can follow all the games all across the state, MHSAA.tv. You can watch all the games. I mentioned my son Ace and the Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern Hawks taking on the defending D4 state champion Grand Rapids South Christian Sailors in a division district uh, matchup for the district championship tonight. And Buck Gino will be with Brett Bikita on our flagship station, 96-1 the game. It's their game of the week. It's Fox 17's uh, game of the week. And Buck joins us here on the Huge Show. Welcome in, my friend. Hey, Bill. How are you doing? We're going to talk about a football game with significantly less intrigue than Michigan-Purdue this Saturday. But I'm excited for it. And I know you're excited for it. And the whole Forest Hills Eastern community is definitely excited for it. And so is Coach Danny Brown at South Christian. This is a great game in the regular season. And I think we're in for another good one here tonight. Yeah, I will say, based on the fan interest, uh, that this is the biggest home game, I think, Grand Rapids Four Hills Eastern, eight of Four Hills Eastern has ever had. And South Christian has been in those big games. And Danny Brown won the state championship last year. I think he's going for his fourth straight district title. We played him close. Rush for almost 
300 yards at South Christian, lost 32-29. From your vantage point, looking at FHE and Grand Rapids South Christian, uh, who has the advantage tonight? Well, Bill, you talked about that game in the regular season, and a trend that I've seen here already in week one of the playoffs, it was in our game, the Caledonia Portage Northern game, the turnover battle, and you saw in that first game against South Christian, turnovers really can swing the balance of a game. Now, we saw it into the extreme last week with Caledonia having two turnovers in the first five minutes and getting out to that 21 nothing lead. In your game, you saw a big turnover, really at the end of the half that kind of swung the momentum and you had things going your way at Forest Hills Eastern and all of a sudden we got an interception and then South Christian with their fantastic athletes uh, Carson Viss and Jake Vermas just to name a couple um, you know they can make you pay and that's what happened that was really the difference overall in that football game and I think this is going to be another one tonight where it's going to be close you guys rushed for 258 yards in that contest South Christian only 158, but through the air, 204. So how do I see this game playing out? I see it playing out pretty similarly to the regular season matchup. If you guys can control the line of scrimmage, if you can really start to wear down on that front seven of South Christian, that's a recipe for success. Catholic Central was able to do the same thing to them in our week eight game of the week in a driving rainstorm over at Cougar Stadium. Catholic Central really concentrated with Kellen Russell Dixon on the ground game, and that was their path to success. This is going to be a game, not only is it going to be one in the trenches, Bill, but I also think turnovers and big swings of momentum, especially at this time of year, are magnified to the extreme because every possession means something a little bit more, and whoever handles those quick changes or gets the benefit of those quick changes tonight, I think, could come out on top. Yeah, Carson Viss is a future D1 basketball player. There's talk this could be uh, his final high school football season because he's legit. You know, I'm talking top shelf, power five basketball, D1 scholarship. Jake Vermas, uh, their wide receiver, DB, as good as any high school player I've seen uh, the last couple of years. And then Cam Van Sulkema. Uh, who's about 6'2", 285. Uh, He committed to D2 Grand Valley State. They have the star power. What we have, led by my son Ace, Nathaniel Nowicki, Caden Hines, Braden Serba, Braden Mulcahy, Jake Keemstra at tight end, we have one of the better offensive lines in West Michigan right now, and that's what the battle is all about. And you're so you're so correct, Bill. And up front, we saw it last week with Caledonia in our game of the week. You guys saw it the season through, only losing two games, and really to the two opponents that I wouldn't say you expected to lose to, but you knew those were going to be tough games in the OK Gold. And up front is it's so critical, and it becomes even more so as you get farther in the playoffs. And we'll talk about some other teams here a little bit later. But as you keep going you don't find teams with bad offensive lines playing at Ford Field uh, on the final weekend. That just doesn't happen. And so for you guys, that's going to be a key. And for South Christian, it's not like their offensive line's that bad. I mean, they've got some pretty big guys up front, too, that protect Carson Viss. The real difference for South Christian, as you mentioned, Carson Viss, a fantastic athlete, Jake Vermas out there on the outside, and he's got so many different weapons that he can use. But he is able to make 
plays where there is nothing. I mean, it literally saw against Catholic Central where it looked like there was simply no play. He didn't have an outlet, and all of a sudden he's throwing the ball and completing it for a 20-yard completion. And so that's going to be one of those elements that it's so difficult to defend what you really have to have happen is you really have to get that pressure up front and you have to find a way to hem him in. It's not necessarily don't let him out of the pocket. It's basically just trying to steer him to where you want to go because that's about the best you can do. And you kind of hope for the best when he starts to run around because man, he's so good at making those plays. But as I mentioned, it's hard for him to make those plays when the other team has the ball. And you guys in the first matchup, you held on to the ball for a long time. You were able to get some sustained drives, mostly on the ground. And that's going to be a key because if you can't stop a guy in offense, what you can do is you can just keep the ball away from him. And I think that's going to be a big part of tonight is can Forest Hills East and replicate that success they had on the ground in the regular season? Can they keep South Christian's offense off the field for extended time because we saw it last year, Bill, and they made their run to the state championship game. A perfect example of that was the Edwardsburg semifinal. They only had the ball six times in the game. Now, why is that? Because Edwardsburg held the ball for almost an entire quarter. Now, it was aided by a turnover a little bit there, but they literally went almost an entire quarter without holding the football on offense, and that really limited what they were able to do, and that kept that game close. That is how you beat a team as strong as South Christian athletically. You just don't let them have the ball, and so that's why you guys were so close in the regular season, and I think that's the recipe for success tonight is get a turnover or two go your way keep that football rolling on the ground chew up some clock get some points that's how you beat a good team as talented as south christian i know people look at their record and say boy six and three and they're kind of down well i I would really say that i think that really more the competition came to them than them going down it's been a really tough year in the okay gold lots of good teams making the playoffs this year including wayland last week where they rematched against south christian Catholic Central, of course, making it. I mean, that's a good, strong conference that you guys were in, and that just shows how tough that conference was this year. Buck Gino with Brett Bikita on our flagship station, 96-1 The Game. Their playoff game of the week tonight will be Grand Rapids South Christian defending D4 State champions at Ada Forest Hills Eastern. And for transparency, I know I've mentioned my son Ace and that offensive line and Coach Swander and the staff and the team and the community. It will be what high school football is all about tonight. Also, the Fox 17 game of the week. Uh, before I let you go, Buck, quickly, we got a couple minutes. Uh, give me the West Michigan teams that the people all across Michigan could see on TV or in person at Ford Field playing for a state championship. Who's in that group? Well, I'm going to run it down by division very quickly for you, Bill. Rockford, obviously, uh, the, the headliner in West Michigan at 10-0 and going against Granville tonight. They've got a tough road, though. They've got Davison and Northville and Belleville all working potentially before they're able, able to get to Ford Field. So that's going to be a tough task. I look at Caledonian and Muskegon, who probably right now, if you had to ask people, are kind of looking like the favorites to make the semifinal in Division Two. So one of those teams could come out. In Division Three. you have Forest Hill. Central, who was a Division II finalist last year, but you also have Coopersville and Zealand West squaring off tonight in a district final. 
either one of those teams could get on a run, especially with the brand of football that they play, and they could make a run to Ford Field as well. Of course, in Division Four, we're talking about your son's team, Forest Hills Eastern against South Christian, the defending uh, Division Four state title game winner. But they also have Whitehall lurking after this game, the winner of this game is probably going to be playing Whitehall 10-0, and and that could be a rematch of last year. So I could see either team from this side of the bracket making the Ford Field trip. West Catholic and Catholic Central headed on a collision course for a regional title, and one of those teams is probably going to advance to Ford Field. Division six, we have Hart versus Reed Diddy tonight. Hart, the Cinderella story, nine and one this year. Joe Tannis doing a great job up there. Boy, if they could keep it going, that would get a small community. Really a lot of things to cheer about. And then North Muskegon playing tonight against Lawton in the district final. Either one of those teams could very well make Ford Field. And then you look at Division 8. Don't have a lot here on this side in Division 8, but Saugatuck playing White Pigeon tonight in a district final. They very well could be in that mix. And then you have Beale City, who almost it feels like they just get an automatic bid to Ford Field sometimes. They're taking on Muskegon Catholic Central tonight in a district final in Division 8. So either one of those teams in your listening area could be playing at Ford Field on Thanksgiving weekend. Buck Gino, have a great call tonight there at Hawk Stadium on the campus of Ada Forest Hills Eastern High School at Grand Rapids South Christian, defending D4 State Champion. It will be a special night. Game of the week on 96 1 the game. Our flagship station coverage begins tonight at uh, 6 30 and also Fox 17. Uh, late tonight around, I think, 10.30 or so, uh, the game of the week with all the playoff coverage in West Michigan. Buck, thanks for your time, my man. Well, this is what high school football is all about, Bill. Enjoy watching your son tonight because I know I'm going to enjoy this game immensely. And shout out to all the high school teams competing tonight. Hey, man, all across the state, man. You want to drop a shout out for your local high school, you can do it at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook, or on the Huge Text Chain. It's free. Just text HUGE uh, to 21000. Up next, Lomas Brown, Josh Garvey join me. We'll talk about the Lions' win over the Raiders. Look ahead to the post-bye week matchup with the Chargers and the rest of the season. What about Lomas being honored as one of the greatest Lions of all time? Lions NFL conversation is next. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Book your stay this fall in luxurious first-class rooms and receive $50 premium play, a $20 spa credit, and a $25 dining credit. Rates are just $289 a night, Sunday through Thursday, and $339 on Fridays and Saturdays. Reserve your room now, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail, vodka, blue raspberry lemonade. This special limited edition can cocktail is available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, Make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
Welcome back on a Honolulu Blue Friday presented by Coppercraft Distillery. If you're 21 and up, whether it's at a tailgate this weekend celebrating a big touchdown or any time this season celebrating the best pro football team in the state, the only one, grab a Honolulu Blue, Blue Raspberry Lemonade, and vodka. You can find it at your local bar, pub, restaurant, or store across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our producer. Last Monday night with Hammer and Hank Hayes, his dad, they're watching the game, and all of a sudden they see Lomas Brown. And Superfly is thinking, you know what? Each and every week with Josh Garvey and Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew, we have Lomas on. And I talked to Lomas, and Lomas is being recognized worldwide. He gets into the is it what's the official? Is it the Pride of Honor? Yes, the Pride of the Lions. Pride of the Lions is the Ring of Honor. Right. So and did you just roar? Yeah. Okay. I had my old sound effects. Okay. I just making sure. I, I was, I'm like, who's roaring right now? We're doing a statewide show. Who's roaring? It's Lomas. He has a right to roar. So you were telling us before uh the hour started that they surprised you with a dinner the night before with like a hundred of, of of the greatest lions ever. Yes, yes, it was a it was alumni weekend, so it was a whole planned weekend. So you know, I knew what was going to happen, but they threw a dinner Saturday night. They had a dinner. I'm sorry, Sunday night they had a dinner. Um, they recognized me. That's when I first got the jacket. Uh, Spielman first put the jacket on me. Nice tribute video, and just the guys being there. It was a little bit more intimate. I had my family there. Uh, it was just beautiful. And then we had activities. We had an after party, you know what I'm saying? So we got the party the night away. And then Monday, you know, I did a lot of pregame stuff before the game with Dan Miller and a couple of the people. I was able to get to the stadium and kind of soak it in. Of course, I had to work early that time. They brought me down about 10 minutes in the second quarter left. They brought me downstairs. Of course, the ceremony took place at halftime. It was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. Like I say, the best part was having almost 100 alumni around me. Of course, with my family, Shillaham, Elizabeth Ford, having them there. It was just, it was awesome, man. And then the Lions won. On top of everything else, we won. We shook up the L.A. Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders. We shook up their organization after we kicked their butt, so they ended up firing everybody. So it was just a great weekend overall, and I'm thankful. Uh, we'll get to the game in a moment, but uh, that private dinner uh, party the night before for you, was Barry there? Oh, yeah, the little big fellow was there. Herman Moore was there. Jason Hansen was there. Calvin was there. So they had – it was mostly the – and Spielman, mostly the pride of the Lion members. So it's almost like a Hall of Fame dinner when you bring back all the the pride of the guys. So they brought all the guys back. And, of course, all the alumni that aren't in there yet or aren't in there, they were there too. There was a little big fella at the party after the dinner. Was he doing his famous moonwalk? Yeah, well, you know, the little big fella, man, he had to shut it down early. You know, he has to get his rest, man, because the little big fella has problems with, uh, you know, he has problems staying awake. So the little big fella had to get his rest. But the little fella, the little big fella was there on Monday night, as you've seen. So he partake, uh, partake 
and a lot of the activities that we had this weekend. Wow, a little big fella has to shut it down early. Party. Yeah, a little yeah. big, a little big fella had to shut it down early. Josh, yeah, he had to shut it down. He's getting a little old now. I yeah. remember the little big fella coming in at the age of twenty. Now he's <laughs> up in the fifties, so he's getting up there. Boy, I, I, I think there's some some backhanded compliments there towards a little it big is. fella. It always is. <laughs> I get, I get. Oh, you got to get home early. It's eleven o'clock. What are you doing, little big? <laughs> fella it's lomas's <laughs> celebration party where, where was the party at was it in fort field at one of the banquet rooms or something no, i mean some people might get upset but they had it at the mgm at top golf um they had everything set up before the strike happened so you know it was uh it was a little eventful down there at the mgm <laughs> well, that's okay though man who cares where it was man it was about you lomas and celebrating one of the great careers in the nfl and like i tell everybody uh what you hear is what you get in person and josh you'll say the same thing about getting to know lomas the last few months uh he's as good as it gets isn't it absolutely he is uh had a chance to have lunch a few times right and a talk few times lomas, now, so. now it's going from yeah. one to a few times <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you weren't at the party sunday night i'm waiting for that to josh to go hey lomas i i saw barry leave early that was hilarious yeah. well actually i, hey, I was uh, no i wasn't <laughs> we haven't got to that part yet yeah <laughs> uh, we uh, excuse me but the dorn mayhew lomas week Weekly event has been canceled until further notice. <laughs> so, what do you what, what, what stuck out to you, Josh, about Lomas? I, you really, from watching him growing up and, and and hearing Lomas on the Lions Radio Network, but now when you got to know him on a personal level, what what really stood out to you? Uh, just a personable guy, real nice guy, um, friendly, smart, uh, doing some things post football that I that I'm proud of for that. To hear his stories. Um, and in, in, in our firm, certainly, uh, you know, trying to help support how we can with that. So I'm, yeah, I, I think those are the things that struck me the most. And uh, down to earth, humble guy. I mean, th- those are the things that come to mind after, you know, sitting down with Lomas and talking to him a few times. So, um, yeah. My, my first impression is a lasting impression that he puts other people first. He always does. And, and that, family, friends, teammates, uh, helping in the community, whatever he can do. Yeah, he's great on air, uh, has a great laugh. We all have a uh, on and off air, a great time talking football and life. But I've always admired him for that. He has a selfless attitude where the people he respects and loves around him, and even those that he'll meet for the first time, he puts them first. Wow. I appreciate that, guys. That really means a lot. Really does. Was that bigger than the Monday night speech or Sunday night speech? Yeah. Where does it rank right now on the speeches? Almost? It was right up there. Right up there? <laughs> who who did say something uh, between Sunday, uh, all the weekend festivities, Monday? Who said something either publicly or privately to you, Lomas, that really was that wow? Well, it was, it, it, it was definitely Kevin Glover, you know, uh, my closest friend, one of the guys, you know, I spent 11 years battling with in the, on the offensive line. Uh, we roomed together at the Senior Bowl. So I met him even before we got drafted here in Detroit. And just so happened, the Lions drafted me in the first round and drafted him in the second round the same year. So it was just awesome. You know, for him to relive some of the, the past with me and him and, you know, a few things I forgot that we did together, but it was just great, man. So 
So him and, you know, of course, what Barry said, because, you know, I told Barry, I'm like, hell, it would be no Lomas Brown without Barry Sanders, you know, because he really put us on the map uh, when he got here in 1989. You know, I, it was just a pleasure to have a guy that just brought the impact that he brought, just not to the team, but he brought to the state. And, you know, he brought to the country because he was a one of a kind. And, you know, for me to get an opportunity to block for him and huge. And, and Josh, I tell everybody, I miss Billy Sims by one year. He got hurt in 84. They drafted me in 85. So I could have blocked for both number mm. 20s. You talking about a resume builder. That would have been awesome if I could have did that. But no complaints. Everything worked out very well, I think. For me. I think there's three. T- it was a Lem Barney number 22. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's the original. I right. call him the original. Yes. Yeah, those yeah. are three good number 20s uh, Barney, Sims, and Barry Sanders. And Lomas, I know you're humble and have a lot of humility inside your soul, but let's be honest. If Barry didn't have a great offensive line, yeah, he still would have had numbers, but they wouldn't have been as big uh, with that without that great O line led by you and Glover and the crew. Yeah, I, you know, you're right. You know, I know the narrative nationally is that Barry didn't have a good offensive line. But, I mean, I think any offensive line, if you have two all-pros on your offensive line, you got a good offensive line. I mean, you can even kind of compare with our O-line and stuff, you know, with Frank and, you know, with what Panay's doing. And, of course, Teledek has been doing a great job. And, you know, we faced a lot of tragedy. You know, think about it. In 91, Mike Utley gets paralyzed during the season. And then Eric Andelsack, our starting left guard next to me, he, get ki- he gets killed during the offseason. So you lose both of your starting guards in 91. And we were just never able to just, uh, you know, it, it, it was just too much to overcome, losing that type of talent. You know, off our offensive line. So we kind of struggled a little bit. But, yeah, I just think um, all the guys that I played with on the offensive line throughout the years that helped me help Barry uh, do what he did. That day when Barry said he was done playing pro football, Lomas, and you're close to Barry, you, Glover, like you said, all pro offensive linemen, did you believe it or did you think he was this upset, whether it was Bobby Ross, management, whoever it was, that he truly was done? No, I believe it. I told someone when he did that, he was done. Because Barry was always a person of conviction. And whatever he said, he stuck to it. I seen Barry turn down commercials where he could make $250,000. I was on the other end of Barry, you know, in his first year. He could have won the Russian title. He only needed nine yards to go, and we had a whole quarter left to play. And he didn't want to go back there and there and get it. That was worth the Russian title. Plus, that was worth the incentive bonus. So I knew what type of man he was early in his career. And when he said he was done, I knew he was done, that he wasn't coming back. Because, again, like I said, he was always a man of his conviction. I always sense from a distance, and you were there in the locker room, on the field, off the field, team planes, games, everything, Lomas that he didn't want the spotlight, that he retired because he didn't want to be the all-time leading rusher. And, yeah, Emmett had a great offensive line, but he didn't want that. But he, and he was humble, uh, 
you know, he really enjoyed being out of the spotlight for how big of a NFL star he was. Uh, am I far off on that? No, I think some of it has to do with that. I think he had that respect factor uh, for Payton and what he had accomplished. But I also think, too, that, you know, him seeing the team change. Um, if you think about it, in 1995, the Lions let me and Chris Spielman leave um, via free agency. Um, and two years later, Benny Blades and Kevin Glover, you know, were out of that. And I think from Barry's standpoint, from the things I knew and heard and talked to him about, it was more so he didn't recognize the team anymore. Uh, and a lot had to do with free agency. You know, free agency it really kicked in in 1993, so the salary cap started becoming a problem. So some of the guys that were there, we knew if we brought in certain guys, that certain guys might not be back. That was kind of my case when Scott Mitchell came in, you know. So, you know, we knew that, and I think that was part of the landscape that changed for Barry, and I think that was kind of the landscape that kind of helped him uh, say that this was too different and it was something that he no longer loved doing. And if you guys know, if you don't love playing football, that's the one game, especially with the brutality and the contact and the physicality of that game, you have to love that game. If you don't, you got to get out of it. Well said, man. Thanks for taking us uh, behind the Honolulu Blue uh, curtain there. Lomas Brown uh, just uh, celebrated as one of the greatest of all time, Monday Night Football for the Lions and their pride. Uh, joining us uh, each and every Thursday uh, with Bean Carter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew. Uh, Josh Garvey is the managing shareholder for the Grand Rapids office. And gosh, Josh, I, we were looking at each other, Lomas's talking, and it was like a, a flashback to growing up, wasn't it? It definitely was. Yeah, some of those players' names that you mentioned I haven't heard in a long time. Um, Boy, Bobby Ross did such a good job with all that talent. <laughs> I was silence. waiting. You see, I see Lomas get quiet. You see Lomas get quiet. He's like spitting up his coffee. Or there was a moment of silence. There, yeah, right there with Lomas. Hey, one thing on the the football life, which was a great series. I don't know if they're still doing yeah. it with the NFL Network. When Barry was real candid and was asked if Bobby Ross never would have been the coach, would you have played? And he and and he stopped without saying anything. He said something. You know, I, that's what I took from it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, huge. I want to see Bye Bye Barry, the new doc that's coming out uh, by Amazon that'll be out. I think it's coming out towards the end of, uh, or coming out next month. Uh, so or this month, I forgot we're in November now, right? Aren't we in November? Yeah, we're, yeah, in, we're November. in November, so, man. Yeah, yeah, it's coming out. November's Lomas Brown month with the Lions. December's Lomas Brown month with the Lions, followed by January <laughs> and February. Hey, well, look, look, you think about it. It had the season hadn't meant a lot in November around here. You know what I'm saying? Other Amen. than Thanksgiving Day game, a lot of times we weren't in the, in the race. You know, it was nothing to be excited about around here. Now, man, we're leading the, the NFC. You know, going into the month of November, that hadn't been said a lot around here in a long time. Congrats again, Lomas. So glad you join us uh, each and every week uh, with our friends from Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew. Josh Garvey heads up the Grand Rapids office. They have the world headquarters over in Troy on the east side of the state. 
I think because we spent 16 minutes talking, and rightfully so, about Lomas, we won't do our NFL picks this week, but we will talk about the Lions win and look ahead uh, post-bye week when they return in L.A. So, Josh, I'll start with you. Uh, what do you think of the game Monday night? Oh, it was a great game. Uh, we, 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 we talked about last week having to get the win. Uh, we did that. Um, I think the fans brought the energy. Um, thought Gibbs played his heart out, right? Played real hard, played well. A little Barry-ish. I, I mean, I, a little <laughs> like mini Barry. Yeah, he looked yeah. good. Uh, he, he's, he looks like a tough young kid. Mm. He's just out there hungry to play, and he played well. Um, I thought Goff played pretty well, minus the one throw, right, that we lobbed up there. But um, overall, uh, we had a lot of field goals, right? Remembering the game back now, we, we, we kicked too many field goals, uh, yeah. Got down deep in the zone, um, and then suddenly fizzled out, and we kicked a bunch of field goals. That game could easily been into into the mid or uh, mid to upper forties, low fifties uh, for Detroit. Uh, so some things to take forward to learn from that game. But very excited, uh, six and two heading into the bye week. Um, we're looking good. So looking good in the fight for NFC home field advantage. Lomas, you were there through all the emotion of being honored, Monday Night Football, everything. Uh, early on in that game, I'm like, uh-oh, this is a little same old Lions uh, they're dropping on us. And I agree with Josh, too many field goals. But you watch them adjust. You watch the defense start to finish, keep that team in the game. And what I witnessed in the end, Lomas, was the Lions weren't perfect, played a great second half, and found a way to win. And we haven't seen that a lot in years past. Yeah, yeah. I mean... It's two it's two things that we have that travel well in the NFL and that's a run game and that's defense. And right now, with our run game the way it's clicking, I mean it doesn't matter, snow, sleep, rain, it doesn't matter. You could take your run game on the road, at home, you know, so it doesn't matter as long as you have a good run game. Uh, and the defense when you have a defense that can keep you in games, like you said, Hugh, don't let the other team get too far while you're making adjustments on offense to get your game plan going. Our defense, putting pressure on quarterbacks, and uh, takeaways, uh, just all the things that defenses have to do to make your team better, that's what we're getting right now. So the two, two ingredients that you can take on the road, you can take in the playoffs, you know, we have right now, I'm telling you, the only thing I'm just a little tad bit nervous about, and I'm glad he was four out of five, but I'm just a, still a little nervous about the kicking game, just the, the field goal game, because, again, we could be in a close game. It could come down. That's Eddie Murray back in 83, right? Mm. It could come down to a field goal to get you into the next round of the playoffs. And you got to be, you got to have that guy that you can really, really count on. So that's the only thing just I'm a little edgy about right now. But I love what we're doing. Yeah, my my edge on the Lions, the not a negative concern edge, would be still getting healthy. That's why the bye week comes at a great time, Josh. And you get Montgomery and Gibbs. I'd like to see both in the backfield at the same time. The pickup of Donovan Peoples-Jones provides depth, not only a wide receiver, but also as a possible punt returner, which means Raymond could become more uh, of the first-team offense. So options, you know, uh, Josh. I think the big key is any team, business, NFL, Major League Baseball, it's about having options. And I like what the options are right now for the Lions. 
I do too. And I think we talked about this uh, the last couple of weeks, you, Lomas and I, which was key players that have to be there for us to continue to get these wins. And Montgomery was high on that list for all three of us. We talked about if we were to make trades at the trade deadline, what would that look like? And we picked up Peoples Jones. I think all of us agreed a receiver ad would be helpful. We talked about Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, maybe kind of fizzling out, right? And so Peoples Jones is a good football player. Uh, he's a Michigan guy. He played well. Uh, he was he was still contributing pretty pretty highly for the Browns, right? And so I like that pickup. Uh, I like Peoples Jones. I think he adds depth there. So let's get some rest. Let's get healthy. Let's get Montgomery back, and let's uh, let's look on to the next week. So there is a part of me, uh, Lomas, and I'll get to your thoughts on Donovan Peoples Jones in a moment that. The secondary, there's still some separation on some of those deep throws from opposing receivers. And granted, the Lions' pressure uh, isn't allowing quarterbacks to get that deep throw, especially when they played uh, Mayfield and uh, Jimmy G this past Monday night. Uh, Your thoughts on the Lions' secondary moving forward, beginning with San Diego that has a ton of receiving options and a great uh, QB, probably second-best quarterback, well, third-best after Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, that they faced thoughts on the Lions secondary and also Donovan Peoples Jones signing. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point you bring up, Hughes, because early in that game we were we we were five to six to seven to eight yards off the receivers. So we we started off the game playing soft. We really did, and I kind of wondered about that too. And I know again we're banged up back in the secondary. We, trying to get some guys healthy, guys are coming back, still a young secondary because most of our guys back there are young guys. So I kind of see, you know, kind of, you know, some of the apprehension to, you know, wanting to get up on these guys and try to redirect them. But some of these receivers that we're going to face, you know, especially like you're talking about uh, with the Chargers, you're going to have to get up on these guys. You're going to have to redirect these guys because these are big, strong guys that, if they get free releases, they're eating up all game long. So I was proud of how Aaron Glenn made the adjustment in the second half. Um, that's something for us to watch as the year goes on, how we play those guys. And, of course, like you said, with a good pass rush, that always helps that secondary. And on uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I thought that was great. I knew they were looking at maybe bringing back Tom Kennedy, but the bringing a big receiver, I thought was needed more so than getting another small guy. Uh, like you say, he could help us on special teams. He's coming back home, and I'm telling you, that motivates you coming back home. Wanting to play for your hometown team, the team that you grew up watching, that could really motivate you. So I'm looking for him to come in motivated, ready to go, ready to prove something, ready to show his hometown state, you know, just the type of player that he is and that he was when he was here. So great pickup. Brad Holmes is doing a great job, man. He really is. He has to be in the running for uh, GM of the year. He has to be in the running for executive of the year. And I say it year after year, Dan Campbell has to be in the running for coach of the year because of what he's doing with a young team and what he has been doing with this team. Man, if you were doing the, and we're not quite halfway there yet for the Lions on the season with 17 regular season games, so they're eight in, 
Yeah, Campbell, coach of the year. I agree with you with Holmes, executive of the year. I I don't think golf is at that MVP level yet. I, I think he would be top eight in the voting if it was right now. I don't think I'm far off on that, Lomas. Josh, what do you no, think? No, no. No, I don't think so. I, I really don't think so. And uh, Like you said, uh, if I had my MVP, so like huge, real fast, if we were at, at the midseason, right. defensive MVP for me, I know you could argue with Aiden Hutchinson, but I got to have Aiden and Alex Anzalone. Those probably my two right now leading the way on the defensive side of the ball. If I look at the offensive side of the ball, I'm looking at Jared, but man, David Montgomery, you guys know how I feel about David, but he's missed a couple of games, so I got to have Jared on that side of the ball right there. So that's kind of how I'm looking at my team. I don't know how you guys are looking at it, but that's kind of how I'm looking at my offensive and defensive MVPs if we're at the halfway point of the season right now. All right, so Josh, uh, who's been the best Lions defensive player, offensive player? I It's easy. I, I think it's, it, well, you know, St. Brown you can't discard. It's Goff or it's Montgomery. I mean, look, look at all the defense. You're right. It could be Hutch because he's getting double teamed. Anzalone uh, really has been in great pursuit of the ball. I mean, Branch went in. You know, Branch yeah. is almost in that same category that if he played all the games, he might be your guy. I don't, yeah. you know, I, you mentioned Benny Blades earlier when the Lions started that transitioning out of the Barry era. I think Branch, I was telling my buddies watching the game Monday, I think Branch supports a run as good as any Lions DB I've seen since Benny Blades, and he's hasn't even played a half a season in the league. Yeah. And he can catch better than Benny. I'm telling you, he has hands better than Benny. So that makes him a double threat that he can pick the ball off more so than Benny did. Now, Benny would punish you. Benny would punish you. And Brian Brand seems to be in the same mold of a guy that would punish you. You come across that middle. Have to agree. You like uh, with uh, with Brand? Who would be who? Who's your Lions? Who's the best Lion through eight games, Josh? Offensively and defensively. I think defensively, um, I'm going to go with Alex Anzalone here. Um, that guy is just all over the field. Um, I mean, he's got the guys in the crowd wearing the long blonde hair wigs now, right? He's got his own <laughs> crowd following. It's like like the Fabio wigs. It's kind of funny to see, but he is just all over the football. That guy side to side is so fast and. He just has a knack to get the ball, get on the ball. So I'm going to go with Anzalone on defense. Um, Hutchinson a close second. But offensive side of the ball, I think it's got to go to Goff. Um, he's playing really, really well. You said top eight maybe in that area. I'd have to agree. I'm talking league MVP, not just Lions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. top eight in the yeah. league. Quarterbacks, I mean, he's his his touchdown to interception ratio is tough. Um, he's taking care of the ball. He's smart with the ball. Um, he's playing really, really good on the offensive side. So... Those are my two picks uh, through eight games. All right, guys. Well, we're not going to do our NFL picks uh, this week because I really wanted to pay tribute to Lomas uh, to start this show. We have the bye week. We'll get back to our NFL picks uh, next week, looking ahead uh, to the Lions uh, at the Chargers. Uh, When they return from the bye week, we'll break down that game uh, next week in our segment that we do every week. Josh Garvey is the other voice you hear. He is a managing shareholder, handles Adorn Mayhew, Grand Rapids office, their world headquarters in Troy on the east side of the state. Lomas Brown, former Lions great. You hear Lomas with Dan and TJ on the Lions radio network. Joins us every week uh, through the Super Bowl. My man Lomas, again, uh, congrats. Always appreciate your time and enjoy the bye week.
Absolutely, guys. Thanks for everything. I appreciate you all. All right, Lomas Brown checking in on our weekly segment with Dorian Mayhew and Josh Garvey. Uh, well done. Always appreciate your commentary. You've grown as an incredible broadcaster. <laughs> I'm just reading what you text. I appreciate it. I'm reading. I'm, hold on. <laughs> He's reading off Superfly. No, Superfly. Yeah, we... <laughs> you guys are going long. You're not just doing your picks. You're going long. Hey, I wanted to pay tribute to Lomas. And he gave us Barry info. That's gold. <laughs> that is gold. In the state of Michigan. Good work. Uh, enjoy the weekend with the family and friends. Much appreciated. See you next week. Everything huge. 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Final segment in Hour 2 on a Honolulu Blue Football Friday presented by Coppercraft Distillery. Make sure if you're 21 and up, grab that adult-crafted cocktail that symbolizes that great pro football team in this state. Also, if you miss any of my huge opinions, ours, full shows, our podcasts are free, and we are everywhere. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Big. Bad. Huge.